Running Light Ministry Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. We are Running Light Ministries, and my name's Bo. I'm Peter. And this is episode 92, I think it is. So we haven't hit the uh, century mark just yet. (laughs) We're getting there. We are close, man. We are (laughs) absolutely close. We haven't done a podcast in a while, but we're getting getting kind of going again and pretty soon hopefully we have a really cool setup so we can use the facebook and yeah really do it up yeah you know because that's really where it's at <laughs> you know it's getting it on video and everything like that that's right so, so in this episode we're going to talk a little bit about uh the propaganda of pornography and we're going to get a little specific because we're actually going to go over a um a kind of what what would this be called uh you know I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say a play, yeah, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. It's basically what we're doing is we're just taking um, a video um, and we're just going word for word on paper yeah. to help people understand kind of some of the propaganda that's pushed and, and some of the most popular pornography that's out there. Yeah. So, and this is interesting because this is all about worldviews, isn't it? Right. You know, and, and when we say worldview, what are we saying? Talking about the way that you view the world. <laughs> the way that you view it. <laughs> it's real simple. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it is, but it seems like a lot of people don't really think through that. No. No, they don't. So again, we are going to hit this up in a minute, but before we do, we want to let people know about the videos we just did. That's right. So that's one of the reasons why we haven't done a podcast in a, a bit. Uh, me and Bo just did a, a huge, I mean, there's like what, 40 videos or something. I don't even know, man. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah. There's like a ton of videos that we just did, um, on communicating with your children about sexuality. Right. I don't think it was that many, like 40, but they're 24, <laughs> 24. So that's still a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. So you can get them on our site. Uh, it's in the education tab, right? That's right. Yeah. If they just go to the education tab and they go under videos, they're going to click right to it. I think you can go to the resource to section two and we have a little link to it as well. But And then on the far right of the YouTube kind of TV looking thing where me and Peter are at, all you do is click on the right and there's the playlist. Right. And then it just drops down and you just select. If you If you want to select the first one, it'll automatically go to the next one and you can just... I was in my car just doing that where it just kept going to the next one, (laughs) Um, you know, which, which worked out fine. But the, the heart behind these videos are really to help parents thoroughly think through communicating with their student. And when we say student, we mean really kids, you know, from junior high, high school, college, right in that neck of the woods, you know, For parents that are kind of overwhelmed by this topic, we hope these videos might help you out and give you some some things to think about and, and maybe things to talk about with your student, you know, um, that's for sure. And you can always go to our little um, page that we've made on books. Just go under Educate tab again down to Books. And those are books that are just recommended for people that just want to read on these subjects, you know. Um, There's some, you know, not everything's endorsed by us per se, but there's some good stuff in there, you know. So there's books for adolescents, which might be beneficial to someone, too. Hmm. And, um, yeah, we got a new endorsements page going, which I'm pretty stoked about that. I just got to put a new one up from um, 
our buddy uh, at Calvary Chapel uh, Central Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. So, which will be cool. Okay. So, what we're talking about today is we're going over a little bit of pornography propaganda, which is trying to trying to give out a worldview. Uh, so, when we think of like pornography, y- you always have to remember that, and, and the reason why we have to talk about this again is because it's free, it's just out there, and people get it, and our, our, our families, you know, are inundated by it a lot of times, and so it's good to understand things, but there there's like the pornography that's kind of what we would call feature film-like, just kind of traditional and then there's stuff that's like on the most popular porn sites in the world that uh, people click on all the time that are more like tube sites where you just click on these these tubes and things are played. Um, and the thing we're going over today is not that. It's not what you see on really the tube sites per se. I'm not going to get into the technicalities of all that, but it's it's this is more of like what you would get on Showtime or things like that or I don't know stuff stuff that's more on cable kind right. of stuff you know or soft core soft yeah what they would call soft core even yeah. though I've heard someone put it like man there's no such thing as soft core it's all hardcore <laughs> 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 which is which is and in one sense it's kind of true <laughs> you know for sure so this is a dialogue between one married woman to another okay and and they're just talking kind of back and forth so I'm gonna um and, and and let me say this too. It says so. Um, Todd, a man who is staying in the same bed and breakfast, because that's where this is being done in a bed and breakfast, um, um, uh, but not married to anyone. He's not married to anyone. This guy tells. Uh, um, let's see. Tell me, you met at a couple's re- yoga retreat. Okay, so this is kind of what's happening. So these two girls are sitting together. Todd, a man who's staying at the bed and breakfast but not married to anyone, tells t- says, tell me uh, um, how you met a couple years ago at our yoga retreat or something like that, you know, and it's kind of, it all sounds great, you know. Right. And then Lady One says, uh, I'm surprised he told you that. He doesn't tell that to many people. And then Lady Two again says, I can, our Lady the other lady says, I can see why it's hard for me to get a visual, whatever that means. <laughs> Todd says, why is it hard for m- to see me wrapped around a woman like a pretzel? Well, maybe I'll have to show you in a while. <laughs> it's a little sexual innuendo. Right. Right. So lady one, you can read lady one <laughs> since you're awesome. Yeah. What Todd probably didn't tell you is that the main emphasis was on relating to your partner. Yoga was just the means for deeper communication. Oh, deeper <laughs> communication. So would you try it again? <laughs> it was an eye-opening experience for all of us. Oh, okay. How c- and then they take a quick break, and then how come they just bolted? The guys left. Yeah. Because Todd did not want to see your face when I told you that the four of us had sex on that trip. Oh. And it says, Why? Why did we get together or why didn't you want to see, why didn't he want to see your face? Both. Okay, easy one first. I think Todd is attracted to you and doesn't want to see you scared away. But he's married. And so are you. And that leads me to my second point. One of the main things that we got from that retreat was that we use our bodies to communicate even though we don't realize it. Body language? Yeah. 
It's that, but there's this whole body communication that happens during sex. Okay, for example, you know how men and women use sex and love differently. Men get more offended when a woman has sex, and women gets more offended when a man falls in love. <laughs> that's right. You see, that's the unspoken agreement we seem to have. But if you open up the lines of communication and you explore physical and emotional intimacy with your partner while exploring other people, it just sort of forces all those unspoken things out into the open where they're less damaging to a relationship. Yeah, but Mike and I don't have a hard time with our intimate life. So connecting in bed is not your problem. What about all the other connection that make a relationship strong? Me not feeling like a priority has nothing to do with sex. Of course it does. If the sex is fine and Mike always has time to connect physically, it just shines a light on the times he is not connecting with you emotionally. You're just talking about swinging. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> that just conjures up 70s pool parties in the backyard. Ha, ha, laughter. Exactly. <laughs> pool parties. For us, it's more about an open dialogue with each other. It's about exploring a physical side of ourselves that most people put a lid on when they find their partner. So Ben knows that you still do this. What if I told you that it totally turns me on that Todd finds you attractive? I think you'd have to talk to my husband. And what if I said I will? What would you say? I'd tell him he was an incredible, incredibly intelligent, sexy woman. He's cheating himself out of the best things about her. How so? He's taking you for granted. Sex has become separate from everything else. And it's the everything part of sex that makes it amazing. There's something about really see, uh, being seen that's such a, a turn on. Your skin is so soft. Does he notice that? If he saw me making love to you, he would well notice. What would you do if he was watching? He's missing out on a part of me, and it's affecting our relationship. <laughs> well, you tell him afterwards. He's going to hate that. Well, maybe, or else your conscious is going to get in the way of communication. Then lady one kisses lady two, and they have intimacy. Right. Okay, so it's kind of, this is normal. Right. Meaning this is, this is like, this is like a, a very common kind of dialogue that happens in, it feels like 85% of popular mainstream erotica kind of material right. um, that is pushed. A lot of times we spend time talking about, you know, pornography in the sex part of it. Mm -hmm. And we don't really understand or even think about actually what is being dialogued right. in the, 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 the movie itself. Mm -hmm. And that's why I thought it would be cool for us to just to break down a little section of this yeah. and just kind of go over like, what the heck is she talking about? <laughs> you know, like, you know, what? You know, she gets into this dialogue with this person um, about, like, there's so much more. Right. And, and you're, you know, he, you know, he's missing out on a huge part of, like, you. And, and you don't get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? And you can see there's this reluctancy on her of, like, well, I'm married. Like, what are you talking about? And then she... You know, are you talking about swinging thing? 
<laughs> and she's like, well, you know, and she then she goes into some psychological <laughs> kind of <laughs> thing. Yeah. It's like like porn back in the 70s would have been like, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's not like that. Now it's not it's not so blunt. Right. Now it's like, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about enlightenment yeah <laughs> there's like a justification for the behavior <laughs> that's right i suppose in the 70s people were just like yeah it's just it's just fun we're just yeah. a mess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah and you know i i think like um you know i wonder how much of how many people subscribe to this and some people might be listening might go like well hey you know bo like man that's not impactful. That's not, you know, why people are watching this is for that kind of dialogue. And, but I tend to think, no, there's a part of that. There's something happening here. Right. You know, because, because this kind of propaganda pushing is something that you see in sex education, in the wars between, you know, in sex education about the kind of things that are being pushed and the, the justification for the things that are pushed, um, and and so this is definitely a part of the the grand picture of it all, yeah. you know. So you know, I could see like if people are, you know, th- this is just another way. I guess what I'm saying is that where people watch um, pornography, but there's something being reiterated in the philosophy, right? That makes them go, you know what? This is okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting because like. Um Right now, I'm doing a lot of studying and basically Aristotle and his ideas of rhetorical dialogue, which is basically a fancy way of saying how to convince someone of something. And what he comes to is there was a group during his time called the Sophists. And the Sophists realized that what they can do, it was easy to convince people of things if you just used beauty, basically. So they used art and things like that to convince people of their arguments. Um, without making them think, right? And so what Aristotle noticed is he said that art has this really interesting, or beauty or attraction, has this really interesting ability to communicate directly with your soul without having to go through the head, right? Um, And so a good example of of how this works... It's like music therapy. A a little bit, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, it's the same principle that that allows it to work, right? So like a good example of this would be, you know, if you look at a billboard for beer and you see like a bunch of girls hanging out and they're all in bikinis and they're like sipping this beer, the message that's kind of being communicated directly to your soul is that this beer will put me in that type of environment, you know? And it doesn't go through your brain. And the reason why it doesn't go through your brain is because if you stopped and thought about that for even more than five seconds, you'd be like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, it's a drink. Obviously, it won't give me that kind of uh, a lifestyle. And this is kind of the same thing. I, I think that pornography and entertainment industries, not just porn, but like some of the different entertainment industries, yeah. are utilizing this art. And it is communicating something to people. But it's happening in such a subtle way. It's almost like sneaking in like a, a poison into like a meal, you know, like you're, you're, you're going there just for the sex scenes, but something is, is happening. It's occurring in you unknowingly, um, dissatisfaction with your lifestyle. Um, the belief that things could be better if it was that way. Like, wouldn't it, 
wouldn't it be nice if my wife were just able to do that with another woman, you know, <laughs> like, wouldn't it be nice if we could have that kind of openness in our relationship and that kind of exploration That's in right. our sexuality, you know, there's like this weird dissatisfaction that starts sinking into your mind where like Bo said, someone else's worldview is being communicated to you. You just don't even know it, right? It's being done so subtly <laughs> that you don't even realize it's right, happening. Right. Cause this thing's <laughs> kind of subtle, huh? Right. It's kind of yeah. like, it just keeps kind of getting a little more pushed, <laughs> a little more pushed, <laughs> you know, until they finally kiss. Right. And yeah. then it's like, there it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. You met, mentioned Aristotle, you know, in, in those ways that, um, people learn mm. you know the way the way you can you can get someone to be persuaded right you know um because by the time you get to guys like marcus aurelius who were really taught um you know more by stoicism right then you 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 have guys that you know a guy like him that's just kind of disciplined out man right. he's just <laughs> like he's like he's like man don't fall into beauty's trap right. you know it's very proverbs oriented right. don't go after her right. you know don't go after the prostitute you right. know and and being rome being uh, obviously kind of a, a, an offshoot of greece mm. you know the romans in history were much more disciplined people anyway than the 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 people from greece right. you know so romans kind of thought the people from greece were like even the grecian culture mm. was was over the top right in some ways so romans kind of tended to uh their ancient culture was much more in dignity and disciplined and you know and stoicism really you know fed into i think some of guys like marcus aurelius and their their conversations to say man look at the beauty don't go that direction right man. don't let it persuade you <laughs> you know so a lot of them their solution to this problem is to almost be like well yeah like then beauty's the problem right you know like beauty is persuading people and they should be persuaded only by the sovereignty of their own logic and their reasoning mm -hmm. and uh you know which is really interesting that they do that and then you see solomon say something in his uh, in his work on the proverbs that kind of cuts between it where he says be careful to guard your heart for out of it spring all the issues of life right right so solomon seems to know that god designed us in a particular way to be led by the heart which is the center of your passions and he says, but instead of like degrading that, which is what a Stoic would do, be like, that's what's wrong with you. you <laughs> right, know? right. And you need to suppress the heart and all of its passion and yeah. just focus on learning and discipline and stuff like that. Yeah. But instead of doing that, Solomon instead says, this is just how it is. Like your heart will always spring forth the issues of life. Yeah. But you can learn how to govern it. Basically. Even if it's to be logical and disciplined. That's right. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's right. still coming from the heart. It's still coming from a desire to be logical and disciplined. <laughs> right. So Solomon seems to say, no, no, no. The pathway to wisdom is not in lessening the hold of beauty in your life, but it's instead intertwining logic and reason with beauty. And so it's it's really cool. Like we like me as someone who's who has grown up viewing porn, looking back on these things and just saying like, okay, like what kind of a worldview have I been imbibing about relationships, about love, about intimacy? Like what what kind of um what kind of a perspective have I been basically uh, viewing or beholding? Mm -hmm. in in my life by by watching these things and how much of my intellect is really a part of that meaning have i ever 
sat down and thought like, why do I think relationships should go this way? Yeah. Right. Or why do I think that sexuality should be that way? Yeah. And there should be an, an intellectual inquiry mm. into the whys, you know, and, and not so much of why I view porn. I think that's kind of a, an, a, a misused and, um, uh, I don't know what's the word. It's uh, what's well, definitely misused. It's overstated, right? Um, for sure. Um, but I don't think that's really a good way to say it. Uh, you know, because why you view porn is can easily be attested to the fallen nature uh, of mankind. Mm-hmm. Why does my husband view porn? You know, is it because I'm not giving him sex? Is it because, well, it could be yes and no. Yeah. It, it, it could be n- none of the above. Yeah. <laughs> it could be because maybe because people are just sexual beings. Right. That could be the answer to that. Right. So that's kind of a no-brainer kind of question. Yeah. But the answer of like, well, what do you think of, you know, when you watch porn? Now that's kind of curious. Yeah. You know, like what are you thinking of or are you thinking? Right. You know, of anything per se or are you just at that point you know the eye gate to the arousal gate in the end yeah you know kind of thing um you know and what you're saying is really cool because it, it, it it's challenging us to really pick things apart even further mm. and not just say hey why why yeah but what yeah you know what are you watching and and what do you think about it right and what do you think about what they're doing or what they're saying mm. or you know what do you think about the overall world view that they're trying to convey mm. because the question to this girl in this thing i mean what 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 woman 2 should have asked woman 1 <laughs> was where do you get this right that would have been a good question like where are you getting this right like where do you get all this like stuff you're talking about like that we you know that you know, this is going to be good for you yeah. and everything like it's that. It's going to help your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by good? It's, yeah. You know, <laughs> what do you mean by that statement? Right. You know, what what is good? Yeah. Like, where are you getting your ideas of good? Right. Um, you know. And the, the interesting thing is, even for the Christian, what you need to understand is that, in a way, like, if you grow up in the church, your ideas of sexuality and relationships has also been given to you. Meaning it's surpassed, it surpassed your brain and went right into your heart via your church, via your pastor or whatever. And so you've, you've never really examined what you actually believe about right relationships or wrong relationships or right sexuality versus wrong sexuality. It's incredible to me when I counsel people and, and me and Bo and we counsel people together even, we ask them these, these questions where they'll have these ideas that are so off the wall you know they're so crazy and we'll ask them like well where did you get that from and they're like you know i think it's in the bible somewhere and we're like no it's not you know like it's really it's really not like you know people who talk about you know like let's say you shouldn't you shouldn't kiss before you get married you know and they're they're very firm about it they're like you shouldn't kiss before you get married and i'm like well what where do you get that from they're like, well, you know, it's, you know, I think it's in the Bible. It's like, no, it's not. You know, like it's, it's really not. <laughs> it's a command, you know? man. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. Commandment 11. Yeah, no. Well, it's inferred, you know, like you, you get this idea that it's like, no, what happened is they listened to a sermon. They read a book. They heard a YouTube video. 
and someone said it. And the video that or the sermon that they were listening to was all so good. It was so attractive and appealing to them that they ate up all of it, meaning that they unknowingly it settled into their minds, this this worldview. They took it in without ever examining it. And even if it's a right worldview, even if you say it's an objectively correct worldview, um, eventually that worldview is going to get challenged. And if you don't know why you have it in the first place, it's not really going to stand up to anything. Yeah, and this is why I think where we're at today in the sexual culture can be kind of good for us Christians. Yeah. You know, because it it's kind of forcing the hand of people to have to go, well, hey, why is this wrong or why is this right? Or, mm. you know, and when people say like the 30s were better, the 50s were better, the <laughs> you know, me and you always go like, like, <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> you know, or, or I always tell people, so you think it was good when women didn't vote? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is that what you're saying? It's good that we had segregation. <laughs> that was, that yeah. was the good old days. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, um, you know, if what we call good, sexually good in the culture is an oppressive regime, yeah. you know, then we got a real problem. Right. You know, it, it's like, you know, you know, when, when people of Greece were married, you know, they didn't even eat dinner with their wives. Right. You know, and if they had guests over, they never ate with their spouses. Uh, they would only go into, quote, the women quarters hmm. every so often a month to try to make a boy. Hmm. That's what their wife was about. Right. But their wife never committed adultery. Hmm. If she did, she was killed. Yeah. I mean, they were peers. They, they, those wives were, man, they, they had everything to be pure right. for. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, but if that's what we call good, right. then, man, we're way off. Yeah. Being, you and, know. and what we also need to realize, which really feeds into what Bo's saying, is that your capacity for bitterness and your capacity for disappointment are tied, whether you know it or not, they're tied into what you think is good when it comes to your sexuality, right? So what we've seen, like what I've seen when I counsel women, is that their capacity to feel bitter at, let's say, their husband lusting or viewing porn is directly tied into what they call normal or what they call good, right? So meaning if I was talking to a woman who thought that viewing pornography was good in marriage, and she found out her husband was viewing pornography, she wouldn't get mad, right? right? But if I'm talking to a woman who's been told that pornography is evil and wicked, um, or that pornography is even demonic, right? Those terms, whether you know it or not, are sinking into your heart, and they are dictating how you respond to your husband's actions. And it's even got to the point where I've seen it be borderline traumatic for some women when they learn what their husband has done, right? Like incredibly traumatic for him where it really leads into like some really nasty amounts of bitterness, anxiety, um, insecurities, just it really just torques them in these massive ways. Yeah, and you're talking about just kind of normal porn viewing. You're not talking about like deviant kind of action. That's right, that's right. And, and what I'm saying is that I'm obviously not saying that pornography is good <laughs> or like watching pornography is a good thing. Right. Or the devil is not behind right. the overall persuasion worldview of it all. That's right. 
But what I am saying is that if, if a wife or a husband never examines, okay, is it wrong? Okay, how wrong is it? Is this something that's way abnormal? Is this something that when I look through the pages of the Bible, I never find anyone except for the worst of the worst struggling sexually? <laughs> um, you know, like if it was that, it, then you, you, that's a different story. But if you look through the Bible and you see that virtually everyone in the Bible blew it sexually, you're like, okay, this is normal. It's not good, you know, yeah. just like lust and pride aren't good, but they're normal, meaning that they're more online of you shouldn't be traumatized if your child views porn. If like your teenager, you find out they're viewing porn or you find out that your spouse has viewed it. That shouldn't be a traumatizing event. Um, but if it is for you, what I'm saying is that that has everything to do with your views of good and normal and where those things have come from. Yeah, yeah, and where those views come from of good and normal. Right. So what if someone says, well, my views of good and normal come from the Bible? Right. Because that's what they'll say. (laughs) What I would say is probably not. (laughs) Probably not. And usually, by the way, if someone says that to me and then they back it up, the way that they usually back it up is they go to um, what we would call either the Gospels. They would go to the sayings of Christ or they would go to the epistles which are just the, um, the writings of the apostles. Now, that's not a bad place to go, but the issue is, is that you have to realize that when you're reading those passages, the standard that you're getting is God, right? That's the standard that you're reading in those passages. So yeah, you're right. These things are not good, right? So if you're looking at it and you're saying these are not good, then I would, I would be in total agreement with you. Of course they're not good. Of course they're bad. Of course we should change. Of course there should be repentance. Of course there should be remorse. Absolutely. But if you're looking at these passages and you're saying like to view pornography is the same as committing adultery with another woman because Jesus said so. And therefore I have the right to emotionally feel like my husband literally cheated on me when he did this. And I would say, okay, well, every time you're angry, Jesus says you've committed murder. So is it right for your tr- your husband to treat you as a murderer every time you he you lose your temper on him, you know? And obviously it'd be like, well, no, because he's lusting. <laughs> because it's kind he's of a lusting, weird situation, yeah. and it like compla- <laughs> like it goes in a circle. Wow, you say yeah. that to someone, and they're like, "Whoa, this is like Sermon on the Mount explosion," yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like crazy because like what we would say is we would say, "Okay, well, you need to examine." Yeah, Jesus said that, but Jesus is also God. Jesus believes that every sin is deserving of hellfire, right? That's why he died on the cross. That's right. Right? That's his standard is perfection or nothing. There's no A minus in heaven. You know, there's no... There's there's no A minus with Jesus. There's no A minus with Jesus. Go and sin no more. Right? (laughs) It's 100% or nothing. Like I always like James 2, which again is a a passage that a lot of more legalistic Christians quote where they say, oh, faith without works is nothing, right? So if, if he says that he's sorry, but he doesn't completely stop, then that's nothing. But like, well, just a couple of verses earlier than that, he says that if you say that you like the law, but you fail in any point, he says you're guilty of the whole thing. <laughs> he says, because he who wrote, you shall not commit adultery, also wrote, you shall not murder. Meaning what James is saying is that when we're trying to make a hierarchy of sins, which we usually are, what he's saying is, no, 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 if you violate any command, doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter if you even find it insignificant or stupid, if you violate any command of God, you violated the whole command. You're guilty of the whole stinking thing, 
right? So once again, it's one of those instances where I would say that people are using the law unlawfully, which <laughs> comes from 1 Timothy 1, uh, verse 7, mm. right? There's this idea that you could use the law in a way that is that was never intended by God, meaning that you're using it to put yourself in a morally superior position and to have a justification for incredible feelings of wrath, um, insecurity, jealousy, bitterness, all these other things that might go around with it. So you're trying to justify these emotions, which are sinful. They're not right, but you're trying to justify them because it's kind of like two wrongs make a right. Yeah, so what you're you're saying is like people's bitterness is related to what they believe is right or wrong. That's right. It's directly related to your sense of justice. Right. So if someone believes something's wrong, we're not saying that we don't want you... Like, um, that, well, what we're saying is that we, we don't want people to be bitter no matter what, (laughs) but, but people's bitterness will, when you do develop bitterness or that's coming in the heart, what you need to do is look at what you're believing is to be right or wrong. Right. And then, and then they need to examine that. Right. That's right. And go, okay, like what and what you're saying is again we're talking about kind of picking things apart being able to ask the questions so when you say okay this is wrong well we have to now now go into that okay why yeah right what is wrong about it yeah you know what is what is being shared about it you know what is you know um and and get into the talks right right is that what you're thinking that's right you know I've, i've even had wives tell me like to justify divorce even by saying, well, he's not loving me as Christ loved the church. Right. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's pretty hardcore. So this this wrath, this bitterness, which, like you said, it it descends from our views of right and wrong. Which is kind of odd, because Jesus said, what God has joined together, let not people separate. That's right. Unless someone doesn't love you as Christ loved the church. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It says that? I didn't know it said that. It's insinuated. (laughs) It's insinuated. In the Greek. Oh, <laughs> it's you're real so clear. good. You're so good. <laughs> but it's uh it's crazy how, how people can justify it where it's like when you when you look at it and like you said, Bo, you, you ask yourself those questions, okay, well, why am I angry? Do I have the right to be angry? Because this meditation process and this evaluation process is actually how you forgive. Meaning that when you look through the Bible and you see people forgiving, there's an actual like mental process and discipline that people go through um, in order to do that where what they're doing is they're weighing they're weighing what is actually needs to be forgiven versus what doesn't meaning what what part of my anger is just simply from my cultural expectations of relationships and which part of my anger is actually reflective of god's wrath towards sin you know when you evaluate those things you'll realize like a lot of my anger is just based on nothing, basically. Yeah, or what? How are my angers based off of? Really, when you start really evaluating on fear, yeah, on your own fear or insecurity. That's right. Right. That's so it's right. like you know, why are you bummed at your wife because she viewed porn? Because now you feel like she's not going to want you. Right. And so, but you gotta you gotta want to go there. Right. You know, and uh, so. I mean, it's those are those are deep things, man. A lot of people, it's that's tough for a lot of people to do. It is. You know, it's much easier to, you know, not ask the questions right. <laughs> and not go there and just go, man, you yeah. know. <laughs> just go on default. Yeah, but 
but if there's one thing that you know porn propaganda tells us is that you know that there are people um that will go there that right. will ask the questions and will take you down trails and and that's really what what worldviews are about is they're all about persuasion uh, all about um people trying to um make sense of things and um and 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 not just make sense of it but also to um live according to these ways and 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 to believe it so much that they're willing to um share it with others mm -hmm. and try to persuade others that their ways are correct that's right um so um you know, I don't know too many people that have a worldview that when they believe it's right, don't want to export it right. to other people. <laughs> right. You know, and so and that's what people are doing, whether they're 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 the, the sexual things that you see in pornography and these kind of dialogues that take place. They believe it's true. Right. You know, and thing is, is unless you have a reason for why it's not true instead of just like, hey, the Bible says it's not good. Yeah. Well, that's not going to work. Yeah. You know, you, ha you have to go into why. What what kind of critical thinking skills can you can you put against what this girl's saying in this thing? Right. You know, and you have to go back to just logic. Like what are you like, you know, what are you saying? Are you saying that if we if we have sex right now, then that's how he's going to be freed up. My husband or your husband's now going to be freed and you're going to be free because now we have a lesbian affair kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and she goes, yes, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And then you got to be able to going, okay, well, when does that stop? Yeah. Like, is there an infinite regression of that? Yeah. Like, so if I, like, what if, what if he says he needs to go have intimacy now with five other people? Yeah. Like, do we just, like, we just keep going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, does this, does this keep going? Like, it, that that's logically incoherent. Like, yeah. you know, because... It, it no longer makes nothing makes any more sense because there's no more definitions for anything right you know so um um so you know are you able to do that mm. are, are we able to get to talk about that and figure it out and see it mm. you know and, and i think the more that i've studied you know a, a adult material and taught on the topics and of course you know things like that the more i i look at it and i just kind of chuckle i just kind of go man dude there's a there is a, a a push, you know. There is definitely these things that are being kind of laid out there right. to say, like, hey, you know, check this out. For us to um, ignore it is probably not the best thing to do. No. And, uh, you know, I always think, you know, when we – because Bo's right. There's – there's very few people in, in our culture, and even for me, for most of the years of my life, that were willing to that are willing to examine these things, to spend time just thinking through them. It's very difficult. And what we see when you read through the book of Proverbs, which is an important book in your Bible, by the way, um, Solomon says that wisdom is the greatest gift <laughs> that God could give people outside of salvation and obviously himself. Right, it's one of the it's the greatest blessing that God could ever have. He's he says it's better than money. He says it's better than relationships. It's better than everything because he's like without it, you're gonna ruin your money if God gives it to you, and you're gonna ruin your relationships if God gives it to you, which Solomon learned firsthand. Mm -hmm. uh, he's like, you know, you're gonna ruin all that stuff anyway. Wisdom's the most important thing, and when you read the first ten chapters, 
uh, Bo already kind of mentioned it a little bit. He alluded to it. There's this really interesting metaphor where there's this adulterous woman and then there's this faithful woman. And the faithful woman represents wisdom. wisdom. And this adulterous woman not only represents the deceitfulness of lust and everything like that, and there's a lot of awesome stuff you could take from that, but one of the things that the foolish woman, uh, I mean, the, uh, the adulterous woman represents is foolishness. And you see that, like, wisdom stands outside and she cries to people. She's like, come to me, and you have to, like, pursue her. Yeah. The adulterous woman just finds somebody. <laughs> you know, she, like, comes up to him, grabs him, like, kisses him. Like, there's no work whatsoever. And what it seems to be saying is that if you want to be a fool, foolishness will just find you, you know? <laughs> it's not, you don't have to look for it. But if you want to be a wise person, you have to pursue it, right? You have to undergo these mental disciplines to basically court wisdom, to love wisdom, uh, to pursue her uh, like more than anything else, right? It's not going to happen like that, like naturally, um, wisdom is not natural to any human being, but foolishness is, right? Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, um, uh, Proverbs nine, when it says, "Whoever is simple, let him turn in here." Now, what, what it says, for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, "Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live." and go in the way of understanding. So it's talking about wisdom, right. like you're saying, being uh, kind of like that woman who's like, yeah. come on, you know, yeah. <laughs> whoever's simple, let him turn in here, yeah. you know, and as for him who lacks, you know, and then if you compare that um, over with Proverbs chapter seven and verse seven, hmm. and I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house in twilight in the evening, in the black and in the dark night. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot, a crafty heart, and she was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay home. At times she was outside. At times she was in the open square, lurking at every corner. You know, so she caught him and kissed him, and with an imprudent, fra or shameless face, she said, I have peace offerings um, with me. Today I have paid my vows, so I came to meet you. Diligently I seek your face and I have found you so that lust is always coming after you. Right. 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 So there's this idea of like foolishness, like pursuing you, you know, like, like yeah. wanting you, but you have this idea that wisdom is not like that. Wisdom sitting in this house and she's calling. She like, God wants you to be wise. He wants you to come to it, but you have to do something. You have to like actually pursue it. And that means taking under these these disciplines that we're talking about of evaluation and thinking things through. Uh, it says in Proverbs 4, it says, ponder the path of your feet and so gain wisdom. So there's this idea of like, again, Ponder. critically pondering, scrutinizing um, what you're doing, why you're doing it, where is it coming from, what you, what is your goal, what is what is supposed to come from what you're doing, right? Why are you on this path, you know? That's that's the kind of picture that we're we're given. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a great podcast. Remember the videos that we just put up on uh, runninglight.org or betterpleasure.net. You can go to either of those and check those out. And uh, let's see, do we have any other announcements for people or what's going on? I mean, check out our groups and things that we're doing in Tucson. And we're up in Phoenix now doing stuff at the Salvation Army. That's right. The Rehabilitation yeah, that is Center. A, that is a big announcement, actually. That is, man. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's absolutely off the charts. We got... Uh, I think this next week 
this mm-hmm. following one will be up yeah. there and we're gonna probably have uh, probably be teaching over 100 people yeah. um so it's really a blessing to be in there um if you definitely uh, are listening to this and you would like peter to um i say peter because peter's <laughs> kind of the guy who's kind of getting freed up to do some of this stuff but yeah. to come to your church and share a little bit and uh or your men's group or whatever thing or um, that you got going on, um, he would love to do so. You can just contact him at peter at runninglight.org. That's peter at running, R-U-N-N-I-N-G-L-I-G-H-T dot org. So it's singular. It's not plural. <laughs> <laughs> running lights. <laughs> it's not running lights. Yeah. And uh, running light is about Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, about throwing off the weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So that's really what we're about. And we thank you for joining us on the podcast. We'll do another one soon. Uh, There's a lot in the news. Josh Harris, different people, that um, popular people that have left the faith. Josh Harris is kind of important to us because um, in the past, you know, we've definitely talked about his books. um, uh, I Kissed Dating Goodbye and and, uh, um, Sex is Not the Problem, Lust is. Mm. Um, and, um, but you know, uh, there's been plenty of talk, I think about those guys or <laughs> uh, him on other podcasts for sure. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, uh, you know, we definitely pray for him and things of that nature. And, and it's, uh, I think we could do a podcast maybe on, um, you know, the pull that sometimes when you're involved in reading other literature, like we are, um, sometimes you can be pulled in different directions and they're, they're, you know, you need to have brothers and sisters around you, a lot of grace, a lot of love and things like that around you mm. to help you. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what, what he had in his culture or what, what you know, what he's around or things like that. But, um, you know, it, the, there's a scripture, I think, in the Proverbs again that says, like, don't rejoice when you're, when someone bails. <laughs> and that's so true, you know. So, um, Anyway, bless you guys. We'll talk to you later. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.